everyone, Ian Hume here, and welcome to another postseason episode of Don the Stat. With my regular co-host Jonathan Walsh gallivanting around Europe and currently inquiring about the prospect of Spanish citizenship in the event of a Collingwood or Carlton Premiership, I've reached out to friend of the show, Rick Edwards, to join me tonight to do a season 2023 player review. He's been gracious enough to join me. So, Rick, thanks for coming on board. Yeah, no, no worries, Ian. It's, uh, it's good to be able to talk uh, Essendon again. Uh, I think my disappointment has subsided enough for, for me to, to make some you know, fairly rational uh, observations. That's good. Yeah, as you know, I was thinking, you know, with the last two weeks of the season, you know, brought out a lot of uh, frustration from a lot of people sort of going back for a lot of people that, you know, it sent them back to, you know, the despair of the end of last year um, after what had been overall a pretty uh, positive season. Uh, what have you, now that you've, you know, separated from that final game by a couple of weeks, what's your take on the year as a whole in terms of where the club's at? Yeah, yeah. Initially, uh, you know, I threw the the, the toys uh, out of the cot, you know, and um, I was was quite disappointed. But um, you know, the, the grieving's over. So I think when you look at the year as a whole, it's probably we probably get a tick for it. Um, and I, I think that's because um, you know we have improved uh, in, in some areas statistically. Um, but I think that the fact that we've got um, a nice group of young players coming through now. Um, people who know footy say that, you know, if you if you get to 50 games, that's when you really feel uh, comfortable and, and you know that, you know, you're at the standard required. And, and we've got a bunch of, of guys now who are sort of at that, that 50 mark. So I'm talking about Caldwell and Draper and Durham and Martin and, and Perkins. They're all around about the 50 games mark and, and yeah, so historically, that's that's when players sort of feel like they they belong. So I think uh, that's going to you know serve us really well uh, going into next year. Yeah, exactly. And you know, you've you've got even the players behind there in Ben Hobbs coming up with close to forty games, and, and you know, two seasons into it, uh, you know, Elijah Sardis just got started. But you know, that young group coming up together, and hopefully, some of those injured players can can get on the field. You're more likely to big chance of success if you, you have that and you've got some of the old heads around there. So a lot to do, but, you know, as you, as you say, positive signs there. Yeah. Now, one of the things you're most known for in the community, among the many things you're known for, is, is getting to training. Um, we had you on the start of the year to talk about what you'd witnessed. So obviously you've, you've seen training in previous years. How does how things played out on in that aspect differ from what happened uh, in previous years? Yeah, I think uh, I think I spoke to this uh, when I was on the on the set earlier that uh, there was definitely an emphasis on uh, defense and you know and playing the, the sort of whole ground defense. Um, so that was that was what the drills were about uh, most of the time. I think uh, it was Zach Merritt who talked about ninety um, percent of what they did during the preseason was on um, defense. So um, that was that was the clear priority, um, and that's they did a lot of defensive drills. And I, I think, um, not that I'm an expert in in, in stats, but um, I think there's a few areas uh, where where they have improved statistically. You know, the opposition have scored less uh, when inside fifty this year, uh, more intercept marks and more opposition turnovers, and uh, we made more tackles as well. So there's some evidence to to back that up that that what they trained they were able to implement. Of course, you know, defensively, 
we're still not where we need to be, but there's probably been some improvement there. The other thing they did a lot of in preseason was goal kicking. And, and once again, uh, if you look at the stats, we, we were a bit more accurate uh, in, in front of goal uh, this season. Yeah, well, good, good to see that what you saw sort of played out on the field. And I guess you, you talk about that defensive aspect. It's probably not the defensive aspect on its own. It's that being able to go from offense to defense that they really seem to struggle with. And, you know, the best teams are able to, you know, even when they're, when, even when they're attacking, they're also thinking about how are they set up defensively. And, and that, that will probably take some time to become a, uh, a feature of, of the game. But, you know, I think yeah, you can train defense all you want. It's about when you being able to switch mindsets from trying to kick a goal to trying to defend a goal. Yeah, and I don't know if we've got enough of those players that are naturally inclined, you know, who, who think about um, defence and um, pressure acts and, and that sort of thing. It doesn't come natural to uh, enough of our guys, perhaps. Yeah, you do know. I know John has spoken a lot about a player like Nick Martin who really good offensively and you know has some good defensive aspects, but it's just that ability to know where to move, when when to switch, switch from that. I think Archie Perkins is a bit the same, you know, really good offensively, you know, great kick, great kick inside fifty. But then, is he is he able to go from that offensive mindset to that defensive mindset quickly enough? And I guess that that would just take time to to play out as they get it drilled into them more. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, look, let's get into the the player ratings because there is a fair few to get through. We're going to go through the entire list and, and give them a rating based on their yearly output, based on what they've done in the senior side. Now, we'll talk about every player on the list, even if they they didn't end up playing a senior game, but they'll go in a, a did not play tier. And I'll, I'll post this uh, completed tier list after the show. So the tiers are S or super tier, uh, followed by A, B, C, and D. Um, I think this is come from comes from Japanese anime they rate or Japanese culture where they rate things as, as S tier. So this is where the uh, this comes from, if you're not familiar with it. Um, it's from the uh, tier maker website. I'll, I'll, as I said, I'll post a link if you want to make your own. Um, so again, the rankings basically about how they performance compares with previous expectations coming into the year. So, um, you know, you can have a young player who, you know, performs above expectations, even though there's a lot of other players that, you know, statistically perform better than them, but you might rate them ahead of those players because the expectation going into the season wasn't as high. And, you know, this isn't an exact science or anything. Um, so for, for the most part of B ranking is sort of had a good, good year, sort of median good year. Um, yeah, so look, let's get straight into it. Um, we'll sort of cycle through each uh, player and um, give our thoughts and, and then come up with a rating. And if we disagree, uh, we'll have to see how that plays out. But let's start with player number one, which is Andrew McGrath with 23 games played, 22.8 disposals per game. And uh, having moved to the back, he can average five and a half rebound 50s per game. How did you see uh, McGrath's year? I think it was sort of a solid to perhaps good year. He, he did provide a lot of drive from, from the back half. I think some people have sort of rated him a little bit harshly. It, it was his first year going back um, to, to the back pocket. So uh, I think he was probably just getting reacquainted with, with what that means and what that involves. So um, I've sort of cut him a little bit of slack. But, um, yeah, I thought he, he gave some some good drive in uh, in most games, yeah, I think standout. You know, obviously that that attacking aspect. I think his kicking is underrated by the the fandom. I think 
he he's a, he is atta- he can be attacking with his kicks, and when you do that, sometimes they don't come off. And I think there are certain players where people are watching out for their mistakes, and we'll get to another one in a, in a couple of players, uh, and so that gets highlighted a bit more. But you know, you want players who are willing to take the game on, and he did get some good scalps, particularly early in the year. So Charlie Cameron uh, didn't kick a goal. Bobby Hill, who we, we see now performing really well for Collingwood, didn't kick a goal uh, when he played on him. So he still has that lockdown ability that really excited everyone. In his first year, when when he took down players like Eddie Betts, uh, so yeah, I think he, if if he maintained his form from the start of the year, I would have had him as, as an A. Uh, I think he did drop away a bit, so I think a B is probably a fair assessment from my end. Is that what you think? Yeah, I've got him as a B too. Yeah, so we'll have Andrew McGrath in the B tier there. Yep. So the next one is is Sam Draper, and he had uh, fourteen games. And he got uh, 11 disposals, uh, average 11 disposals. Uh, got 10 goals for the year, um, average 20.1 hitouts. Uh, what did you think of Big Sammy? I think it was a decent progression from what he's done in previous years. I think he he's became more of a forward threat, even though it, you, you're not sure exactly what you're going to get. You know, sometimes, uh, you know, Dwayne. Everyone likes to uh, rag on Dwayne Russell for his chaos ball, but sometimes creating a bit of chaos, particularly in a, in a forward line, can be beneficial to a side. Uh, so you, you never know what you're going to get there. But I think he improved his forward craft. And we saw, particularly if you go back to that Melbourne game, I think he kicked three goals in that game was a big part of why we were able to win that. And, you know, you, you can point to his stats, but he's, he's one of those players that it's not just about his stats. His, his presence creates things. And it's really noticeable how much our stoppage uh, differential dropped away without him there. Um, he's obviously still rough around the edges, but he he makes things happen. Even if he's not the most, you know, uh, you wouldn't de- you wouldn't design Sam Draper if you were designing a great AFL player. But he still is capable of doing great things and, and doing great things for the side moving forward. Yeah, I, I sort of agree with you that um, you know there's there's some things that he does you can't sort of. Uh, quantify. Um, he's a real uh, barometer for us uh, and, you know, he's important. He, he sort of gets everyone around him uh, up. Um, but looking, looking at stats, uh, he, he was during the preseason uh, marking everything during match sim. Uh, so I, I had really high hopes for him. He has marked the ball a bit more this season. So uh, he's up from 1.6 marks in 2022 to 2.6 now, uh, so that there's an improvement in in, in that area. Uh, but he, he's still got a a long way to go, and I, I might just touch on that um, later when we, when we look ahead to um, perhaps uh, the next year. Yeah, I guess you know you, you compare him to the you you need your mark your, your ruckman taking marks around the ground. I think especially when we don't have those key forwards getting up the ground as we would like. You know, you need that to be an error of presence. And he did it in some games, but it was inconsistent yeah. there. I have him as a B. Is that where you've got him? Yeah. Um, we're thinking along the same lines again. A B for me. Yeah. Very good. All right. Let's move on to player number three, another one who gets uh, torched for his kicking a fair bit, which I think is a bit unfair. So Darcy Parrish, uh, 18 games this year, 30.8 disposals and 7.7 clearances per game, which was third uh, across the comp. Uh, how did you see Darcy's year? Yeah, uh, you know, it was, it was hard for him because he um, he had a, a fairly, um, you know, uh, serious injury, I suppose. I think he pinged his calf and, you know, they, they take a long time uh, to get over. 
Um, but you know, just just his quality, I, I thought um, was was shown when he came back. You know, his um, his first game versus Frio, he got nine clearances, um, which believe it or not, wasn't wasn't the highest for the game, but it was the second highest. And then um, the second game against Port, he um, you know still probably not you know hundred percent, but still second game back, he got five clearances, which was a game high, and eight score involvements and. He had four shots a goal and and missed all of them, but um, you know he he's and once again I might touch on him a bit later. He's um, he's got so much room for improvement, and um, it won't be long I don't think before he starts um, you know kicking those opportunities. He could have had four that night, so he um, he, he really bounced back from his uh, enforced layoff really well. Yeah, and unfortunately for him, when he up to that point where he did that injury, I thought he was probably at the same level that he was p- performing at in his All-Australian year in 2021. Um, and then when he came back, you know, he's still performing well, but you, the other midfield outs we had in, you know, Shield, Setterfield, and then Stringer wasn't able to, to be that uh, player in the middle that he, that he could be until he, even he went out. He had to carry a lot more of the load than he should have had to. He didn't have that support. He had a lot of younger players around him playing those roles that the experienced players were playing at the start of the year. So um, I'm really glad that he's, he signed on. Um, it would have been, would have set us back a fair way if he had left. I'm not, you know, people like to think ahead of what our young players could do, but you know, you've got arguably a top three clearance player in the comp, you know, yeah. you don't, those don't, don't just grow on trees. No, we, we, you're quite right. We couldn't let him walk out the door really. And, and like I said, I, I think he can get uh, even better than he is now. Yeah, uh, I think we're both in agreement on this one as well. And it's not going to, um, you know, we're, we're sticking around the same tier, but we're, we're at the B tier for uh, Darcy Parish, I think. Is that a fair call? Yeah, it's, it's a fair call, yeah. Yeah, I think the start of the year was probably A, and then, you know, I think just had too much to do um, in the second half to sort of drags him back a bit. Yeah, and the next one uh, we've got is Kyle Langford. I thank, thank heavens for Langens this year. Gee whiz. Yeah, and it, was, uh, it was a total accident too. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, one of the, one of the few reasons why it was good to go to the footy this year. Uh, Twenty three games, thirteen point seven disposals, fifty one goals, fantastic, and a massive twenty um, goal assist. Um, what do you think about uh, Kyle? Oh, out, outstanding! I think you know a lot of people have speculated that these his best position is a, is as a forward. And I've, I've liked the work he's done on a wing, for example, I think through 2020 and 2021, he was becoming a really good wingman option, but, you know, through necessity because of injury, he's gone forward and he's shown just his class and his quality. I thought probably up until the last two rounds when, when Nick Larky went a bit berserk, he was in the all Australian 22, uh, obviously our, our falling away and Nick Larky having a big two rounds probably got Larky the spot there, but a really good result for him to, you know, make an All-Australian squad. Uh, and then I, he's probably the biggest challenge to Zach Merritt for the Crichton this year, I would say. How did you see Kyle's year? Yeah, I, I agree with you in terms of All-Australian. And that, that last game against Carl, I was actually sitting behind where he was having most of his shots for goal. And so I was trying to, you know, uh, get them over to the left a little bit or, or over to the right. Uh, and, you know, if he had a, ended up with a bag of four that night, perhaps, you know, he would have sort of been a real uh, chance of making the final team. Um, but, yeah, su- super consistent. And I think uh, someone who demonstrated that um, really well on Twitter was um, uh, another friend of the show, um, Anth uh, Prop. So he, he um, had a, 
uh, tweet uh, outlining how Kyle went against the stronger sides and, and the um, not-so-strong sides, and he was, was really consistent throughout the year. Yeah, I think that's one of the signs of a really good player, that they're not just beating up on the, the bad teams, that they're also performing against the best teams there. Um, I don't think there's any surprises that we both had him in the in the super ranking. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, we'd only go one way, couldn't we? Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, let's let's move on to our next player. So Elijah Sardis, obviously our first round draft pick from 2022. Four games in the senior side, 16.2 disposals. Much to say on Elijah's first year, obviously injury uh, injury hit and we didn't obviously get a chance to see him for a full year, but enough signs there to, to be positive going forward. Yeah, look, look, he didn't show, you know, all his tricks in, in the games he played at senior level, but um, he's one of those ones that, that I do have a lot of confidence um, that, that, you know, he will grow and develop, you know, watching him in preseason, that was, you know, he really turned heads um, with his ability to, uh, what he commonly do is pick up the ground ball and, and get it off and then keep going and get it back. So, um, you know, uh, unfortunately, of course, his preseason and, and his season was derailed by his, his knee injury. Um, what, what did you think, Ant? Yeah, well, showed it showed enough in his, in his senior games that, you know, we can see why he was a, a top selection. I think his VFL performances really stood out. Some of the, some of the numbers and, and some of the, Things he was doing there, particularly at, at clearance, was was really special. So, yeah, a lot to look forward to there. Um, I have him as as, as a C. Um, obviously, that's just based on the fact that he, he played so few games. It's hard to tell, but uh, yeah, that's where we're at. Your turn now with number six. Uh, so, uh, Joy Caldwell. Uh, so, twenty one games, uh, eighteen point six disposals, four point two tackles. And eleven goals. How did you assess uh, Jai? It was a, a bit of a weird year. He had some really out of the box games where he he dominated. You know, he, was, he was in the center clearance and, and really you know putting a lot of work there. Uh, and then other games he was really out of it. He did seem to have a bit of the early career Darcy Parishes where he got stuck in the forward line. And I think that's partly due to the fact that we don't have quality small forwards and we're we're sort of filling gaps with midfielders. If we get quality small forwards, then, you know, that puts a lot more pressure on, on the midfielders to perform consistently. Uh, there's enough up there, obviously, to to work with in terms of his skill. And he, he kicked some pretty great goals there um, through the year, I think, particularly in the St Kilda game where he got us back to parity. Um, how did you find his year? Yeah, uh, he's a bit of a difficult one for me, uh, actually. Yeah, he, he sort of um, did sort of take his opportunities uh, when he was played in the midfield of uh, for the most part, um, and and he is um, fairly handy around goal, which um, we haven't had a lot of midfielders in recent history who have been able to slide it through the, through the centre. So he, he's sort of good in that way, and I think his scope um, for improvement um, is is really exciting. Yeah. So where where did you end up having him? Uh, I I it was it was, yeah, it was a tough one, Hume, but I, I reckon uh, a B for me. Yeah, I think just a B, like low. Yeah. If we had B minus, B minus would be the the go there. Yeah. Um, let's move on to number seven, which is the captain, Zach Merritt. So 22 games, 28.8 disposals a game, five and a half tackles and, and 5.1 inside 50s. How did you see the skipper's year? Yeah, uh, you know, uh, players sometimes um, talk about what they're going to do pre-season, you know, and sometimes they don't deliver. But, you know, Zach came out pre-season and said that, you know, he wanted to be... Um, the, the best defensive player at, at the club. 
And, you know, I think, uh, I mean, we already knew that he was good in all, all these other areas and, you know, it wasn't bad defensively, but he really did come out and um, li- live the words that, that he spoke. So um, I, I just, you know, loved um, some of his big tackles during the year, like um, the Aaliyah tackle on the MCG, you know, was just just uh, breathtaking really, you know, and, um, uh, you know, he... Um, his pressure, his pressure acts, and his tackles were, were both up this year. So he, he really ticked that box, and um, yeah, I, I loved his year. What, what about you? Yeah, it was it was outstanding. It's it's what we've come to expect from Zach, and he probably would be a Brownlow favourite if it weren't for the AFL crackdown on on dangerous tackles, whatever you you consider the, the merit of that there. Um, and he's, he got his third All Australian this year. That puts him in the same league as Wanganeen, Heard, and Lloyd for Eston players since it became the um, under the AFL. Auspices and he's probably going to win his fourth Crichton, um, which again puts him up there with with some of the greats. So uh, I, I don't think we have any disagreement in him being an S tier player this year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And our next uh, player is uh, Ben Hobbs. And so Ben had 18 games, 19.7 disposals, 4.1 tackles, and 3.4 clearances. Um, what do you reckon, Humi? Uh, solid progression. You know, given more responsibility, I think he had over 150 centre bounces attended this year. Obviously, it was made to wait a bit at the start of the year. So, it doesn't come until uh, merit suspension and Anzac Day, but then holds his spot for the rest of the year. Uh, I think, yeah, just just solid. No second year blues, blues for him and, and more responsibility. I think, again, there's a few things in his game he needs to work on. He does go to ground a lot. He gets caught holding the ball. Um and I think just John Jono um, points this out a lot, but I think some of his uh, expressions and, and reactions, you know, you know, don't necessarily present the best uh, way forward for his teammates. I think he gets frustrated very easily. You know, some people point to that and say that's captaincy material. Others would point to that and say, you know, that's being a bit petulant. So, you know, I think he needs to work on some of those aspects to clean up in his game. Um, but yeah. I don't see um, any reason why he can't fix those issues. Yeah, you're right. He does have some issues, uh, you know, which is, is probably uh, fair enough to for a 19-year-old or, or maybe he's 20 now. I'm not, I'm not quite sure. But um, I, I was, you know, you, you could really see the player that he's going to become, I, I thought. And um, at times he showed a lot of poise and, you know, showed he had a bit of time as well. Um, so I, um, I, I thought it was a really good step forward uh, for, for Hobbs. Yeah, I, I see you've rated him a C. Um, was it a tough one to to get a, a ranking there for? Do you think? Yeah, it was. It was really, really tough. What did you come up with? See, I was, I was sort of, I was in the Bs. I thought, you know, good progression, didn't go backwards. That was sort of where I ended up. I mean, we've got to be a bit, you know, judicious sometimes and some some people just miss out in a game. This doesn't mean anything. They're not getting bonuses for finishing high in our rankings, but yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy. I'm, yeah. I'm happy with C there for that. Yeah, I'm happy with B. Yeah. Oh, we've we've both swapped. Um, we'll leave All him right. in C. <laughs> we'll leave him in C. This is the right. the joy of doing this live. Um, yeah. let's move on to number nine. So Dylan Shield played twelve games, had eighteen point seven disposals a game and three point three clearances. Uh, how'd you see Dylan's year? Yeah, it was a really for me. It was a hard one to judge, you know, because the second half of the year we, we either didn't see him or when we did see him. He was playing uh, hurt, you know. He, he wasn't able to do what he wants to do, so it was a bit hard to 
for rating. But I think earlier in the year he did show his impact, um, you know, with his ability to, to burst away from from the stoppage. And he was involved in in, in you know, either kicking goals or um, setting up goals for others. So, you know, he sort of had a, a sort of an okay sort of year, I, I think. And, you know, I ended up with a, a C rating. Yeah, I, I don't have too much to add. I think the addition of the Ford Craft was a lot better. I think that's something that's been criticised for in the past, uh, particularly his delivery inside the forward line. I thought that was much improved. But again, you know, it was one of those injuries that just, you know, led to that, you know, cavalcade of, of you know, experienced players missing and, and that contributed to the fall away at the end of the year. Um, so, yeah, okay, as I think it's a good description. So I think a C tier is probably a fair call there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next uh, player is one that we brought in uh, last year, and that was uh, Sam Wiedemann. So he played 16 games, 9.1 disposals, 4.1 marks, and 15 goals. Yeah, so like the, after the first 10 games, I thought we everyone thought we'd struck a bargain, and here we go, we're going to turn this guy around, he's going to be the next Peter Wright. And then, you know, he kicked those first two goals in dream time, and then he, I think he missed his next two shots there, and I think he just got the yips. You just you could just tell there was I can't remember was it the port game where he, he took a mark close and you you just knew he didn't want to yeah. kick for goal I think it was, that would, someone will correct me if I'm wrong but uh, yeah you just tell that there's a lot of good parts to his game I, you know he came back in for that Collingwood game and you know before it, it all went terribly you know him coming up the ground and being a marking target I thought showed showed some promise um, kicking inside forward fifty is is really effective but you know it just seems to be all mental for him at this stage and. It's it's hard to know whether anyone's going to be able to unlock it. You hope you hope that someone is able to or he's able to work through it. But um, yeah, not based on past experience. You know, you're not overly confident that that's going to happen. Yeah, I sort of agree. With you. I've lost a fair bit of confidence uh, in him. I'm not sure where he's at now. I think his year sort of mirrored Essendon's year. Like he was all right early on in the first half, and in the second half, it was it was no good. Um, so I uh, I settled on a, a C rating. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. I think his early season, you know, I think I've, I've seen a lot of people's charts when I posted this. They've put him in the D tier. I think you, you have to take his early season form into account as well. So I'm happy with that there. Uh, let's move on. The next player, Will Snelling, 15 games, 11.4 disposals, and 3.31 tackles. How'd you see Will's year? Yeah. Um, what can you say? Um, he. Um, I'm going to be a little bit critical of him, um, <laughs> but before that, um, one of the criticisms that other people uh, have is that he's he's not not quick. Um, actually, um, noticed during the year that um, he would, he had the equal highest average speed uh, in one of the games that he played. So he's perhaps not as slow as um, some people believe. But having said that, he's not as quick as we need him to be. I don't think. Um, and the problem I have with him um, is that he just doesn't kick enough goals for for a small forward. So he he had 15 games and he got uh, six goals. Um, so if, you know, from where I sit, that's just not enough. Um, you can be a, a, a good tackling and put a lot of pressure on it as a small forward, but at the end of the day, you've got to kick goals. And if you don't, you're not a threat uh, to to the opposition team. Um, so. I um I rated uh, Will a, a D. I think that's my first D today. Yeah, I I agree. You know, I think if you reflect back to when he was a really important part of the side back in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one, it was his tackling that that really made the difference. And he was at 
five per game there and he's, he's down to 3.31. So, yeah, I think D and all intents and purposes, he's dependent on who we get in as to whether he'll get another contract, which will be, you know, I think he's done well given where he came from. You know, he's done well to really stretch out his career and, and be a good servant. But um, yeah, you have to try and you, these are the list calls you have to make if you want to improve. Yeah, absolutely. You do have to make some uh, some tough calls. And I think Brad will do that now that he's been at, at Tuller for a little while. Uh, our next uh, player is another Will, uh, and this time it's Shedderfield. And he had 10 games, uh, 20.8 disposals, six tackles, and 3.1 clearances. Yeah, I mean, look, it was very noticeable what he added to the side in terms of in terms of his bulk. And, you know, he, he started really well. He, he was a goal-kicking threat. He he was a good good player around the ground, good in the clearances. Um you know, freak injury, unfortunately, meant he couldn't get that continuity. Uh, so, you know, of, of the two main players we brought in last year, I think, you know, he had the better year than, than Sam, but I think the injury probably costs him in in the rankings. What did you think? Yeah, I think he, he had a, you're right, he did have a better year than, than Wiedemann and he, and he did have that unlucky injury. But wasn't someone stood on his foot or something? Is that right? Or- yeah, something like that. Yeah. So, um, I think uh, he added, something different to, to our midfield mix. And uh, that was I think, the reason uh, Brad Scott was keen on recruiting him. And um, I, um, yeah, it's just unfortunate with the injury, but I, I still settled on, on a C for him. What about you, Ian? Yeah, I, I think that's a fair call. Um, I think if he plays the full year and he gets those, those sort of stats, he's sort of in the B range. But, you know, I think you have to take into account the amount of games that they play in this as well. Let's move on to... Everyone's favourite unicorn in Nick Cox um, managed six games at the back end of the year at eleven point eight disposals and, and three marks per game. Uh, obviously, coming back from a lot of injuries uh, and just you know, in some ways, it's good just to see him out there playing the AFL side. But what did you take away from Nick Cox this year? Yeah, uh, you know, it's it's hard to to, to rate him. The, the poor fellow just couldn't get on the park. Um, so uh, I think it was just important for him in the end to to play some games. He played, you know, I don't know, four or five at VFL level and then um, a few in, in the seniors. So I think it was just a matter of, you know, it was important for me to get back and it was hard. It's really hard to, to judge him too harshly, I think. So I, I settled on a, on a D. What about you, Ian? Yeah, I think that's a fair call. He had a few moments in, in games and I thought he probably looked at his most comfortable in defence. I thought he had some really good moments as a as a defender there. Uh, I think if you, if you think back to the was it, the North game where Zerk Thatcher takes the, the game-winning mark at the end there, it's uh, Nick Cox's um, positioning on, on Nick Larkey that allows Zerk Thatcher to basically take that uncontested. So I think defence is his natural spot. I do like the idea of exploring other options because he has got those skills. But, you know, it's it all comes down to him having an injury-free preseason, really, isn't it? Mm, yeah, it is. Uh, that's what it does come down to. Have you got a sense for, for where you think he he might blossom? Which position? I'd love to see him. I'd, I'd love to see the wing work. I think he's got the he's got the athletic profile to do it. He'd be a massive point of difference in the marking ability. Is something we really lack up uh, the ground. Uh, so you know, I'd love to see. I'd love to see them try it again. Um, just because I think you can make it as a defender. It's easier to make it as a defender, even if you haven't played there your whole your whole career. So I think defense is a good fallback, and we can try and get more out of it out of him than than perhaps others could. Um, I know Jono is a big fan of 
trying to play him in, in the ruck in sort of that Blitzarves yeah. role there as well. So um, that's another potential option. Yep, yep, for sure. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think uh, wing uh, is where he probably is best uh, suited. But, you know, having such injury interrupted year, you can't really just sort of step into the wing, you know, where you have to be, you know, an elite runner and that sort of thing. He probably just wasn't capable of doing that this year. Our next player uh, is um, Jordan Ridley. Uh, so 17 games, 20.3 disposals and 7.4 marks. Uh, how, do you, how do you assess uh, Jordan? Do, do you think he is our most important player? He's close to it. I mean, look at how he, play, he played that Geelong game and he, he played most of the Bulldogs game before he got injured. But just look at the way our defence really fell apart after he after he was injured. So, you know, he, he's he's not only a good intercept marker, he's, he's really good at locking down on on players. You know, he's had some really good ba- battles with Aaron Norton, for example. Um, can go with those sort of players there. And, you know, he's just so calm and, and collected and such a good user of the ball. When's the last time you, you saw Jordan Ridley make a mistake? Like, you, you, it's not something you can really think, you know, think about. So, as you, as you, as you say, like, he's... I think he's given his role in the side at the moment. I think he is our most important player to make sure he's out out on the park there. Yeah, I think that's a fair call. Uh, yeah, his importance. Um, I think it's related to the fact that we just don't have many like him in, in the back line, and that frustrates me a lot. That when other sides go inside fifty, uh, um, we're not going to intercept market unless Jordan Ridley marks it. Um, so we really, and we thought we had another one of those in Aaron Francis as an intercept marker, but of course. Um, we know how that story ended. Um, and, and I think it's also a good point uh, you make about his ability to to actually play on someone and, and negate uh, their influence. I don't think he's already always had that in, in his um, toolkit, um, but now he's uh, he's much better in that area. Yeah. I originally had him as, as an A. I thought it was just below, you know, the S tier, but I think you've you've gone for, for an S tier rating, haven't you? Yeah, I have. Yeah, in in you know in a, a back line that um, you know cops a, a battering uh, as every year it does. Um, I think think he really stood up. So I'm leaning towards an S. But yeah, what, what yeah. do you think? I'll I'll defer to your opinion on that one. Happy to give another ST play. I think that might be the last one for the <laughs> for the night. Uh, yeah. Next, moving on is uh, another uh, favorite of the Essendon uh, fandom is. Often I've had to do a lot of job defending this year. I think he's uh, Jaden Laverty, uh, played 19 games, 15.8 disposals and, and 6.5 marks a game. And how did you find Jaden's year? Yeah, um, he, he had some good moments. He um, he kept uh, Larky goalless in, in the second half of the first game against North Melbourne um, and then um, beat Larky in, in that last play of that, that game and we were able to, to hold on. Um, he's not, I don't think he's quite the player that he was. You know, I was, um, I was really impressed going back a couple of years in 2021. He, he kept, um, Ben King goalless, uh, he kept Buddy to two goals, uh, Larky goalless. And I think even Tom Hawkins, he kept to two goals. So it, he's not at that level anymore, I, I think. Um, he, he sort of, so to sum up, I'd, I'd say he sort of had an okay year and I settled on, on rating of C. What, what about you? See, I'm I'm bigger on his year than, than most. I had a look. I thought, as you say, I don't think he's quite as good as 2021, 
Um, it was definitely better than last year, but he also benefited because he didn't have to take the number one forward because BZT was doing that this year. Um, and I, I think where he's dropped off, I think he's he's defensively as good as he was back in 2021. Mm-hmm. I think where he's dropped off a bit is offensively. I think what really impressed us in 2021 was how he was able to help move the ball mm-hmm. uh, from the back line. I don't think he's quite as good at that this no. this year. Um Again, given what the potential is for who they're bringing in, you know, maybe that releases him a bit yeah. more um, to be a bit more offensive as well. But we'll, we'll see how that plays out. I I had him as a low B um, just because I think defensively I thought he was solid. Um, I thought yeah. he was better. I thought he's better than last year. That's why I had him as a B. Yeah, no, I'm I'm happy with that. If you, if you want to go with the B, yeah. Uh, I think it's my turn now. I think. Uh, Next one is Archie Perkins. Uh, so he's another one that causes a bit of debate amongst the uh, Essendon community. Uh, he had 23 games, 15.3 disposals, 4.1 marks, and 18 goals. Uh, what did you think, Jimmy? Uh, look, I think the fandom is way too harsh on Archie. I think we've we've put a lot of eggs in, in him becoming, you know, a great player. Like, you know, you know, the sort of player that, you know, Carries it, carries the side, you know, generate almost generational player that, that some others. And I think it's important to note that, you know, he's been there for three years and he's never stagnated. He's always improved year on year. And, you know, if you look at how he was playing in the first half of the year, he was close to the best high half forward in the competition in terms of getting up the ground, delivering the ball inside 50 and, and also kicking goals. Um, and then he had to move into the middle because we, we lost the big bodies of, of Setterfield and Stringer. And, and even when he did that, he, he took some good scalps in, you know, Crips. Uh, he forced Dawson, he forced Adelaide to move Dawson out of the midfield to the back line because he was negating him so well. Um, obviously, his offensive midfield craft needs a bit of work. He can sort of, when he gets the ball in the clearance, he can sort of see the cogs ticking over in, in his mind. It's not natural to say, you know, like a Darcy or even a Jai uh, Caldwell in terms of moving the ball there. But, you know, even if he doesn't work out as a midfielder, you know, that half forward, you know, we we complain as Essendon fans a lot about our inability to, you know, deliver the ball inside 50, you know, and he's he's one of the best at the club at that. So even if he doesn't end up being a midfielder, I still think we get a very good player out of it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really good summary. Um, he did shut down some, some dangerous players. And I think during that sort of, Experiment. He probably learnt a lot, which will hold him in good stead. Um, I, I think it was still um, able to to get on the scoreboard as, as well, even though he played. You know, I don't know what the percentage is, but he played a reasonable amount of, of midfield. So he finished with eighteen goals, and I, I think that's that was a pretty good uh, effort. That that might have been his career high too. I think. Uh, yeah. um, someone will correct me if, if I'm wrong there, but yeah. um, I uh, I ended up with a, a B rating. What about you? Yeah, I think that's fair, you know, sort of an improvement, but, you know, the sort of expect, like the line of expected improvement that you, you would expect from a, from a young player. So I think B's a fair call there. Uh, you can get through this next one quickly in James Stewart. So didn't play this year, obviously got back, you know, right for the last couple of AFL games. It was good to see him kick five uh, down at Williamstown in that weird, weirdly moved game, but anyway. Um, and he's seemingly being paid out of his contract. It doesn't seem to, it, the club hasn't 100% confirmed it, but enough AFL sources are going with it that it does seem to be the case. So I did see some rumours that maybe Sydney are interested. Um, I guess I think we just move on from that one. There's not much to say given he didn't play. Uh, who have we got next? 
Yeah, we've got another guy who didn't um, play in the ones. Lewis uh, Hayes, of course, his, his first year. Uh, he's got a, a lot of growing to do and he seems to have gained a bit of confidence in the VFL. Uh, he sort of got better as, as the year has um, progressed. Yeah, again, you know, he's picked as a project. You, you're not expecting him to come on. If if he had to play AFL, a lot would have gone wrong uh, this year coming into the year. So, yeah, lots lots to work with. Um, the fact that he got through a year basically unscathed when you consider how, you know, Zach Reed's gone, um, I think as a positive in, in and of itself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next up is Nick Hind, uh, 16 games, 18.2 disposals and, and 4.2 marks. So he had, had a few games as the sub there. Um, I guess question for you, Rick, if you were picking the round one side for 2024, would Hind be in your side? Yeah. Uh, my answer to that is, is yes. Um, uh, partly because he hasn't got many challenges, I don't think for, for, for that position. Uh, what about you? If I throw that question back at you. Yeah, I, I agree. He offers a point of difference that we don't have, you know, that that line-breaking running ability. Um, again, I don't think he's the best defensively, uh, but, you know, you, you need those points of difference there in your side, and, and we lack that. Um, I actually want to see all Alan Davey go to halfback. We'll talk about that um, a bit later there. I think, you know, he had, had some really good games, had some, as you see, games where he came on the impact as a sub, but yeah, I think it's C for for Nick Hines' year. Is that where you've ended up? Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. The next one we've got is uh, Peter Wright. Uh, now, two meter Peter played ten games, nine point six disposals, and nineteen goals. Uh, how do you rate Peter's year? Uh, obviously, you know, sign a, to sign a, your contract and then go down with an injury basically an hour later that that keeps you out for half the year. They're pretty, pretty uh, hard to swallow there. The, I think the fact that he got back, it all shows what a professional he is. Uh, did show signs. And I think there were elements of his game that were as good as last year, which was obviously an excellent year. But I think it was just that that lack of confidence in his shoulder uh, probably cost him, you know, from performing better in the year. You know, he didn't have that same, you know, ability to, to influence games that he did um in previous years, other than obviously that Carlton game, that his first game back. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. He just wasn't didn't have the same confidence in he when he when he came back. Apart from that first game, I think um, you know it really hurt us. Apart from the obvious fact that he kicks a lot of goals, but he's um, he's known as one of the the most professional players at the the, the club. So he's a real leader in in sort of setting standards and stuff. And so for the, for the first half of the year, he was you know. Uh, doing whatever he had to do, his offside at Nidri gymnastics, doing forward roles and all sorts of things. So um, I think we probably missed his professionalism. Yeah, I, you know, had had some good games, struggled a bit. I think C is that a fair call for you? Yeah, it sounds like a, a good call to me. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the former skipper in Dyson Heppel. So twenty-two games for the year, twenty point one disposals and seven point one marks. How did you find Dyson's year? Yeah, um, I wasn't sold uh, early early days, uh, Ian. Uh, I might have uh, shouted a couple of things from uh, Bay Thirty Eight at uh, Eddie at uh, what is it now, Marvel? Um, so he's a bit shaky early on, but uh, he, he clearly um, sort of found his his niche, and uh, I thought he became a really reliable part of our, our defense. It was pretty safe, took contested marks. Uh, and was a leader that we really needed. Uh, what about you? 
Yeah, I, I agree. You mentioned those those contested marks, the ones that stand out, obviously, the the Dreamtime game, um, where that, that mark, you know, allows the ball to go back in and ends up with, with Durham's goal. And then the, the second North match, you know, again, takes a mark, um, leads to per- which leads to Perkins' goal, which, you know, seals the match there. So, you know, matches that otherwise would have been losses were wins because of him. And then, you know, you, yes, yeah, first couple of games were shaky, but after that, you know, he probably had his best year um, since pre-COVID, I, w- I would say, since since he was playing as a midfielder. So, you know, I, I was quite happy that he, he got another year. You know, I don't think we can afford to lose a whole heap of experience from from the list. Um, yeah, I, where did you have him as a ranking? Yeah, I, I think um, I think it's interesting when some people um, do relinquish the, the captaincy. They they do, you know, eke out a couple of good years, not having that sort of pressure on them. Uh, and I gave him a B. What about you? Yeah, I, I think that's a fair call. Yeah. Next, we've got Sam Durham. Uh, so Sam had 22 games, 16.5 disposal, 4.9 marks. Uh, what would you make of Sam's here? Yeah, look, uh, another one where you, you're getting a, a, a decent progression from him from, from previous years. So play, obviously played basically the whole season, uh, playing in a really difficult position on the wing. Um, you know, so he, he, he goes missing in a lot of games. So he will have a big quarter and then, and then he won't be seen. But I think part of that is just the pitfalls of, of playing on a wing. Sometimes if you, you're holding your space, the ball's just not going near you. So, you know, that, that can be part of it. But, you know, I mentioned it just before, but, you know, his efforts in the last quarter of the Dreamtime game, not just that last goal he kicked, but, you know, he basically, I think he kicked the third last goal. Sorry, the fourth last goal, then it was Stringer's goal. And then there was that, um, you know, that chase down effort that led to the this goal that got us within range for him to kick that winning goal, you know, got you know, really drove that win there. Yeah, you're quite right. He had he had some moments. Uh I think, you know, we talk about young players and they've just got to show some signs that they've advanced. And I think he, he showed a, enough for me. Uh, he got more disposals this year. Sorry, and uh, more score involvement. So I settled on a, a B for Durham. Yeah, again, I agree. You know, that, that nice progression from a young player, I think, gets you a B rating there. Uh, next up is, is Nick Bryan, played eight games, uh, nine disposals a game and two and a half marks per game, and then this 17 and a half hit outs per game. How did you find Bryan's year? Yeah, uh, he, he didn't, didn't sort of have enough enough games I, I don't think uh you know uh some of them were, were as, as a stub so um i've rated him as a as a as a d but um you know i'm a really big fan of of what he's capable of uh and i, I know this is about re- reviewing the year but um i think you know in the vfl he's at that stage where he just dominates games you know and he takes uh, contested marks and he's influential uh, when the whips are cracking. I've seen him, you know, kick goals and, and take marks uh, at really crucial times. Uh, just quickly, if, if you don't mind, I'll just go over a couple of his VFL stats. He um, he played nine VFL games. Um, there was only two games he didn't take at least four marks, uh, and his lowest disposal was was, was fourteen. Uh, and in some games, in three games, he got 23, 24, and 25 disposals. So I know this is not about VFL ratings, but um, he had a really good year. Yeah, he seems to have really got the handle of the VFL footy, and it's just a matter of whether he can translate that to, to the AFL. Obviously, he's still really young. Like, we're not, you know, it's very rare that a young Ruckman will, will come in and, and be able to replicate 
VFL format. It did seem like, you know, they were playing him reluctantly. You know, half his games he was subbed off. Um, and even when he was, he wasn't, he was underused as a main ruckman. It was only the Geelong and Sydney games where he spent over 50% of the time at, at centre bounds. So, you know, they really went back to the Phillips well um, quite a lot there. Um, you know, maybe thinking he's not, his body's just not quite ready to stand up to it because, you know, he's, he's still fairly, fairly skinny. He is, yeah, that, that's right. He's um, he's not quite at, at you know where he's going to be in terms of his body. Yeah. All right, let's move on to our next one in, in Jake Stringer. So 17 games for Jake, uh, 13.4 disposals and, and 21 goals. Uh, How do you see Stringer's year? Uh, yeah, he um, another one that's sort of hard to, to judge because he, he didn't have that consistency, which, you know, just like Essendon, we, we didn't sort of have that consistency either. So um, it was it was clearly um, not playing. I think it was around about the bye when Josh, Josh Marnie let it slip in one of those videos after the game that he that he had a sore foot. So I, he really was uh, ineffectual in, in the second half of the year, I think. Uh, so it's a bit hard to assess him. Uh, his defensive pressure, you know, I, I lauded that earlier in the year and, and that was better uh in in 2023 but he scored uh less goals um so yeah so i um i think he had an okay year but um we we really need more from jake and and i gave him a c yeah i think that's a fair call he had some some fantastic games i think his geelong game was one of the best i've ever seen so 10 clearances and, and four goals is you know very few players have produced numbers like that um you mentioned the foot injury. He also had that concussion issue over the summer that probably prevented him from training as effectively as he as he could. Um, you know, we're probably going to get the annual Kane Corns. Jake Stringer is too fat story across um, across yeah. this next off season. So, um, but look, we as you say, we we do need more out of him if if we're going to push up the ladder. Um, he's getting on a bit now, and hopefully, other players can sort of pick up the slack and we don't need Jake to to play a blinder for us to, to win games against big sides. But, yeah, I think it sees a fair rating there. Yeah. And Kane Baldwin, uh, Kane had four games, uh, averaged 8.8 disposals and 4.8 marks. How do you assess uh, his year? Uh, look, I am not as big on Kane Baldwin as I know a lot of people are. Uh I think he's. I think he deserves a, to keep a spot on the list and and to keep evolving as as a player. You know, obviously it's his first year down back. Um, did do some nice things. Obviously his VFL form was was excellent. Uh, I still think there's a lot to work on there. How do you find him? Ah, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually a, a big a big rep uh, for him. Uh, he, he averaged um, eight marks a game in the VFL, and I thought he should have got more opportunities. Uh, really, you know, especially when. Um, we lost um, Ridley and Laverde also missed some games. So I thought he should have got more opportunities to, to show his awares, but um, I settled on a, on a D. Yeah, just from the number of games. And I think, you know, again, did some nice things in games, but, you know, was a bit part player there. Yeah. Uh, let's move on then to Mason Redmond. Uh, played... Uh, every game this year, averaged 22 disposals, uh, took six marks a game and, and had five rebound 50s. How did you see uh, the Red Dogs' year? Yeah, he was another one that uh, made you want to go to the footy uh, this year, wasn't he? You know, he um, provided some, some um, excitement and, you know, really challenged the opposition with his run from from the back half. He ended up with seven goals, which um, was a, a career high for him. And, um, you know, 
brought some excitement, like I said, you know, seeing him launch from, from 55, you know. Yeah, look, I, with Mason, I was a bit surprised he made All-Australian. I didn't think he had quite that good a year. I guess he started superbly and, and, and fell away a bit towards the end. And I think, you know, there's no doubt of his ability to be creative and you want those creative halfbacks. I think he still needs some work to do defensively. Um, but, you know, every team needs that really good creative halfback that, you know, you try and cover defensively with other players. So I had him as an A. I think, you know, if you get in the All-Australian squad, you've probably had a, a pretty good year. Yeah, I think so. I I, I had him as a, as a B, but, yeah, I'd be happy uh, if we went with an A. Yep. And our next player um, is Alistair Lord, and, of course, he, he didn't play and was um, delisted. Was that surprising, Ian? No, I think that was one of the more obvious calls. You know, it's harsh because of list sizes that you can't give these players more time to, to try and find something. You know, there's a reason they got drafted in the first place. And I think just generally we've, we've really struggled to identify players in later rounds of the draft. We've made up with it somewhat with mid-season and, and supplementary picks, but it seems to be a real blind spot in the club at the moment that we can't find value in, in those later spots in the draft. Yeah, it is It is a bit of a problem for us. Um, but I guess we could talk about recruiting, um, but that's uh, that's not this show, is it? No. Uh, yeah, I think Lord was um, was just not 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 that clean with, with um, you know ground balls and uh, his kicking was a problem as well. Um, he, he just wasn't a, a very reliable kick. Yeah. All right, let's let's start motoring through. So next up is Jake Kelly, seventeen games, twenty twenty three, fourteen and a half disposals a game, and and five point three marks. How did you find Jake's year? Yeah, earlier was all right. I think uh, he, he did some good jobs. You might be able to be a bit more specific than me, but I. I, I I remember him nullifying a few players early on. Uh, I think with, with his con- concussion, uh, he, he did get back after that. But, um, you know, it's one of those uh, injuries that uh, is, is pretty hard to overcome. And um, so he, he did drop away a bit. And, of course, you know, he ended up on the wing, I think. So um, that was a bit of desperation, I think, um, when, he, when he couldn't get the job done down back. Um, so I... Um, I ended up with with a C, but how did you see his year? Yeah, I actually don't have much to to add there. I think you know, limited limited player um, plays a role. Um, maybe on the cusp of the twenty two next year, depending on on what the makeup is. But you know, another one of those players, I think, is is a really professional player, and you know, does everything the right way. That you know, even if he's not on the side, I think will help with the culture of you know trying to make sure that you, you're getting the best out of yourself. And next one is Brandon Zerk Thatcher, 22 games, 12.1 disposals and 5.5 marks. Uh, what, what did you think of BZT's year? One of those conundrums, you know, you finally get a player, you, you work on a player for, for years and you get to the point where they're a best 22 player and they, they decide to go home. And, you know, I think it, it is a little bit of a shame, but I also think that his best spot is as a number two defender. Whereas we were having to play him as the number one defender. Now, if he was still here and and we brought in Mackay, I think he would be a lot more effective. I'd, I'd play in that situation. I'd play him ahead of Laverty. Um, But yeah, I think you just got found out. You just couldn't quite go with the number one forwards. Um, I think he did well in spite of that. Uh, I think he had a good year. But yeah, um, I think if Mackay does come, you know, I think Mackay in Zerk Thatcher out is going to be an overall improvement for the side. 
Yeah, I, I think, uh, look, I think he had a terrible year. I'm glad to see him go, you know, good riddance. Uh, no, uh, we do turn on players, don't don't we, when they, they mm. leave? Uh, but no, in, in all seriousness, um, I, I agree with you. He's probably um, not best suited to, to taking the number one forward. So he's more, you know, the, your second defender. Yeah. But yeah, I think Goodyear B rating is a fair call there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, look, Zach Reed, obviously, with his injury troubles, didn't play. It's, it's all just about him, you know, getting a, getting a preseason. Hopefully, the fact that he had his injury mid year and he's had some time to recover through that, that he'd be able to get started um, straight away. You know, with you want your first round draft picks playing in 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 the seniors, and hopefully, he can get to that point there. But I think we'll just we'll just go to skip past him straight there and move on to uh, Alwyn Davy Jr. playing ten games, uh, seven and a half disposals a game, and. and and four goals. How did you see Alwyn's year? Yeah, I saw a little bit of him in uh, 2022, and I actually thought he would give us more um, this year. Uh, he just, unfortunately, though, just wasn't up to, to the level, I think. Uh, you know, he's, he's perhaps hasn't got the body and, and the confidence, um, but I think he will definitely uh, be a player uh, eventually. I, I gave him a D. Yeah, there's enough enough signs there. I, I think he's playing a role that he's not necessarily suited to. You know, from all the talk, he was mostly a you know a wing wing halfback sort of player. Um, as a as a junior, I think as a, as I sort of hinted at earlier, I think he's someone we could look at maybe playing in Nick Hines' role. Um, you know, to be creative off off halfback with a bit of pace. Um, maybe that's where they look to move, especially you know next season where his brother um, hopefully is, is out playing and, and can play that small forward role. Yeah, I, I think I think also he, he has played a bit of mid um, uh, as well. So um, I think with a bigger body, that, that might that be, might be an option for him. Yeah. Uh, the next one is Andrew Phillips, who uh, played 20 games, which was, uh, I think, career best maybe for, for Andrew. 7.6 disposals, 2.3 marks and 20.7 Hit outs. Uh, how did you assess the big Tasmanian? Yeah, look, not many journeyman backup ruckmen get to go out on their terms, so that's a that's a pretty good uh, result for him, I guess. Um, the combo with Draper was really effective earlier on the early on in the year, and was we were one of the only sides really to for for a time make that two ruckman work. I think you know if you look at Melbourne, if they can't get the two best ruckmen of the the last 10 years to, to work well together, you probably, no side's pretty much going to be able to do that going forward. So that's just on that. I think you obviously gave a lot, went missing, took, I think he often was better at the end of games. Like he'd be unsighted for a while. And then the final quarter, he'd start clunking marks everywhere. And I think both port games, he had the opportunities to kick goals towards the end of the game and, and couldn't quite do it. So, you know, I think good servant. Um, I think he would have got another year if, if he'd wanted to, um, now we have to go ahead and find uh, another, you know, experienced ruckman that can that sort of fill that gap if we need it. Yeah, I, I agree with 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 most of what you, you said. I, I think probably his ruck stats are, are pretty good, you know, sort of hits or advantage that sort of stuff. But um, I I was always frustrated that he just didn't take enough marks. You know, he averaged uh, two marks. Um, there were four games where he didn't take a mark. You know, for a guy that size, you know, I, I found that sort of frustrating. And there were five games where he only pulled down one mark. So um, I think that's that problem is, is exacerbated because Draper still doesn't take a heap of marks as well. So like you said before, um, perhaps when uh, when we're looking for someone down the line, um, we sort of haven't had that um, with, our, with our big fellas. 
yeah, you know, I think we've talked about it a lot, but when, you know, teams worked us out and, and cut off the corridor, you know, you need that, you need that get out option. And we just didn't have that with our Ruckman or our, or our tour forwards being able to provide it. And that part of the reason why we ended up getting scored so heavily against is because we couldn't move the ball, you know, or create, you know, a stoppage there. We'd get turned over and, and move back quickly. But yeah, we've talked a lot about that. So I think, yeah, C, C for Andrew Phillips and, and good luck for the rest of, um, you know, your post uh, football career. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next up is Matt Guelphy. So obviously he had a few injuries um, after what was a really good year, 2022. So even with 13 games, 10.6 disposals a game, uh, 14 goals for the year and, and 2.9 tackles. How'd you see Matt uh, this last year? Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I don't think we got enough out of him. He, he was certainly better the year before where he finished quite high in, in the BF, BNF. So, um, yeah, I wasn't really wrapped with... Uh, Guelphy's year. What about you, Ian? Yeah, I think when you're running, when you were running Snelly and Guelphy as you, as two of your your three small <laughs> forwards with Menzi, you'd, you're in a bit of trouble because I think maybe Guelphy of last year probably would have been better for that, but obviously the injuries sort of cost him. And I think he's sort of on the cusp there. If, for example, say a Jade Gresham comes in um, to play in that that forward spot, yeah, you know, Guelphy's spot in the 22 might be in trouble. Um, I had him as sort of a below average, so a C this year. Is that where you had him? Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, next on the list is Jaden Davey. Obviously, didn't play and wasn't expected to play this year. So, hopefully, he's done a lot of rehab on the knee and is ready to go for a big preseason. Because, as we just said, we need to find you know quality small forwards. And you know, everyone says that he's the one that's most like his dad. And if we can get something similar to you know what yeah. Alan Davey was producing, you know, early on in his career from from Jaden, then we'll be in a really good position. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and now Nick Martin, uh, 23 games, 22 disposals, 5.4 marks, 17 goals, and a whopping 22 goal assists. Um, what say you? Oh, look, gone from strength to strength. No second year blues for Nick. Um, saw the, the AFL uh, awards that they had in the first week um, after the season. He was the coaches rated in the second best young player after Nick Dacos, which is a pretty high accolade. Mm. Obviously, was probably in all Australian wing form uh, for the first half of the year. And, and that dropped away. And it, I, I imagine there's a reason why he was taken away from the wing. It was probably t- a team balance issue. Um, but, you know, his, his wing play, particularly offensively was, was outstanding. Um, you know, you, you can't speak more highly of, of him given where he's come from and, and the work he's put in. Um, you know, I think there's no reason why you can't, um, you know, go even further next year. Yeah, I think, I think you summed that up pretty well. He's, he's a real uh, weapon for us, and uh, I've given him an A, which might be my first day. Yeah, definitely an A. I think just short of the yes, yes. I think his last third of the season probably pulls him back a bit. There, uh, next player, another delist. I seem to be getting all the delisted players. Um, Rhett Montgomery, or they did not play players. Uh, Rhett Montgomery, um, one year on the list, uh, came on. Um, in the, was it a rookie or supplementary? I actually can't remember. I think, but. I think it was rookie because I don't think we took a supplementary at the start of the year. So another rookie pick, um, you know, a couple of, couple of times now we've we've gone for these sort of halfback, you know, mm. intercept players and it just hasn't worked out. So um, McDonald the year before, Montgomery this year. So it's obviously a, an area of weakness we've identified, but we just can't seem to, you know, find a player that, that can fit that role. Yeah, that, 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 that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. Um, Patrick Voss, uh, he, he didn't 
play? What, what do you think of Vossi? Yeah, it was one of those ones where, you know, when he was in form at the start of the year, he was behind Blankford and Stringer. So I think the, the first round um, against GWS, I think he kicks five goals, but that was also the same weekend that Langford was playing forward against uh, Gold Coast and kicked five goals. Um, and that sort of started the Langford forward thing. So I think when he was in form and, and I think, I think Langford and Stringer were the sort of players that he was competing with. It wasn't, you know, the Wiedemans and Jones just based on his height. Um, by the time, you know, spots started to open up for that mid-sized forward role, you know, he, he lost the early season form. So a bit, you know, unfortunate timing for him. And, and obviously the news is that he has to wait to see if he gets a contract. Do you think, do you think he'll be on the list next year or do you think this is the end yeah. for Patrick Voss? Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, I think um, we, we missed a trick here. We, we should have got some games into him and just expose him to, to the level. Uh, you know, he's um, he's got some really good strong points to his game. Um, from, from what I have been told, though, um, you know how you have coaches' favourites? Yeah, he, he's, he's he's not one of those. Let, let's put it that way. Okay. Well, you know, you, you, can, you can overcome that. So we'll have to see how that plays out. We'll know more. By the end of the draft and trade period, uh, if he's got another opportunity with Essendon. Uh, another player that didn't play this year was, was Tex Wanganeen, and we won't spend a lot of time, but by the time his form warranted, he got injured. Unfortunately, again, in that that role that we're really looking to um, really looking to, to find players, so hopefully you know, he gets a clear preseason and can challenge for you know round one in that spot there. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, let's hope he gets a good uh, run at it. Yeah. Another... Uh, did not play player is another delisted player in, in Kai McBride. Um, you know, f- got four years of opportunity, didn't really come close to playing AFL side. You know, good on him for sticking it out because obviously he started in a COVID year. Um, but yeah, always worth to give these Irish players a go. But you know, it's pr- it's time to look at other options. Yeah, he's an interesting. One. Do you remember his first game? I think it was um, he played a like a pre-season game in, in Perth at one of the suburban rivals against the Eagles and um, was on Josh Kennedy and, and did sort of okay, held his own. Okay. Well, what what could have been, I guess? I guess it's one of those, maybe if he gets a full first year without COVID um, interrupting, there could have been something. But again, uh, wish him all the best. I imagine he'd be heading back to, to Ireland. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, next one is uh, Massimo D'Ambrosio and... Mass had uh, 18 games and 10.9 disposals. Yeah, another interesting one. So I guess if you, you'd gone by uh, the previous year's form, you would have expected uh, Massimo to, to come on a lot a lot more. Um, four of the games he, he, he was played as a sub and another one he was subbed off. So, you know, he played three, you know, full games for the year. I think, you know, his kicking is obviously elite, but I think there's a lot of, there's a re- there's basically a reason why he wasn't drafted in a national draft. Um, why he was left over to a mid-season pick. So there's obviously something to work with. It does sound like he's got a contract offer. It does also sound like there's other clubs potentially interested. Um, how did you see him? Yeah, I, I know Voss isn't a favourite of the, the coaching group, not, not just Scott. Um, I don't know if Massimo's in, in the same group in the same sort of category, but um, he didn't seem to, to get a, many opportunities. So um, I'm not sure how he's viewed internally, but as you said, he, he must um, have something going for him if um, if they did uh, use that pick on him. Yeah, I, th- I think, as I said, I think there's something there. Maybe it's, it's as, as a forward. I think we saw some good games from him at the end of 2022 as a forward. Um, again, have to see how that plays out. 
next up is Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody, um, managed seven games, 7.1 disposals and, and four goals. Um, obviously, we got at least we got to say a, a final goodbye to him this time on the field, although that didn't play out as, as we would have hoped. Um, how did you see his return? Yeah, um, yeah, it didn't play it as, as we hoped. And, you know, I was building him up uh, something uh, unbelievably on, on Twitter uh, preseason. Uh, and it just didn't, he just didn't sort of deliver, did he, basically, um, which was a real shame. Once again, though, you know, it was one of the, while like coming back was one of the exciting things for us fans. And, you know, so from that point of view, it was kind of good to, to follow his story. But, um, he, he just wasn't able to do what he used to be able to do. So I've, I've given Waller a, a D. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, I think it was more important he came back for the, for the club culture. Um, and for what he could impart to to some of the younger younger Indigenous players about um, how hard you have to work, because obviously I think everyone knows his story by now. But he, he put in so much work to to get to the point where he was arguably the best small forward in the game. Um, and I guess that that you know that moment against Hawthorne where he comes onto the field and everyone erupts, and then he kicks the goal and everyone erupts again. That's close to one of my top five footballing yeah. moments to actually be there. It was you know yeah. an amazing feeling. Just yeah. the, the love that people had for him. Yeah, that was great, wasn't it? I think about three thousand Essen supporters got it on their their iPhone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there was some good vision after that. Um, look, a surprise to some people, um, not a surprise to to others. Um, Anthony Mankara, obviously picked up as a cap B, um, didn't end up playing. You know, had some good highlights in the VFL, but um, returning to the Tiwi Islands. Um, do you have any insight into what happened there? Yeah, there was a bit of speculation um, and, you know, I, I didn't really sort of buy into it, but but I did make some inquiries and from, from someone who, who knows, um, it, it sort of came down basically he, he didn't sort of have the, the level of commitment that, w- that was required um, so that there's no uh, way of, of hiding that. If, if you don't have the um, dedication, the commitment, then um, you're not going to progress and I think that's probably uh, where the, the club decided to... Um, or why the club decided to put a, a line through his name? Yeah, I guess you know it's hard. It's hard enough for um, anyone to 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 commit to an AFL lifestyle, particularly if it's something that's very different to what you're used to growing up. Yeah, de- definitely. That, that's right. You know, it's uh, to, from Tiwi to um, Tullamarine. It's, it's a long way. Yeah. Another a player that actually did come on really well is, is Jai Menzi. Uh, 21 games, uh, 8.7 disposals a game and, and kicked 23 goals to be our second leading goal kicker uh, this year. How did you see Jai's year? Yeah, you know, he, 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 we, we just want the young players to to improve, don't we, year on year? And I think that's what, what we got from him. Uh, he, I think he's got a lot of scope for, for improvement. I've seen him... Um, you do some amazing things in the VFL. I remember one time he, he crumbed a, a ball in the last minute or something. Uh, it was 30 metres out, crumbed the ball, kicked the goal. We, we won the game. So uh, I think, uh, you know, he uh, he made some steps this year. Now he's um, he's one of Jono's favourites. What about you, Ian? Where does he sit? Oh, I'm not I'm not the president of his fan club like like Jono, but I, I am a member. There's a, there's a lot to like about him, particularly his forward craft. So obviously he he's really good at reading the bounce of the ball and, and being in, in the correct spots, which is I think what a lot of our makeshift small forwards do lack. I do think though that there's a lot of work that needs to be done on his pressure side of the game. So he's only averaging two point three tackles a game. And I think we need a lot more from him in that part of the game as a small forward. You know, you you've got to be able to do it both ways. Um I think I had him as, you know, if he's 
a small four kicking over a goal a game is a, is a pretty good year in my view. I had him as a B. What did you think? Uh, yeah, I, I had him as, as a C. I, I don't think he sort of quite had that that consistency um, in terms of the, the scoreboard. But, yeah, so I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I'm going to put him as a B, a bit, yep. a bit higher. Than, uh, Jono will have him as S plus or something. I don't know, but we'll see. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll get the feedback and I'll let you know. Um, yeah. Next on the list is, is Jaden Hunter, obviously the mid-season pick. Didn't play after uh, stress factors were revealed um, after his uh, second VFL game. Obviously, that, that second VFL game was a bit exciting, kicked four goals and, and looked like he could be a player. Um, I believe he was picked up on a six-month contract. So I think we're still waiting to see whether or not he will get a deal. I think it's, it's, there's actually been no noise about, I think we learned pretty much everyone at the moment that hasn't been delisted other than Snelling and Voss have contracts in front of them. Um, but we haven't heard anything about Jaden. So um, yeah, we'll have to see what happens there. Now I didn't do this on purpose, but somehow we've skipped Harry Jones. Uh, so we'll do him last. So he ended up playing five games, uh, average nine disposals, 4.2 marks, only kicked two goals for the year. Um, what did you think of Harry? Uh, yeah, look, look, I'll, I'll be pretty brief. Um, I, I know you've got some thoughts, um, Ian. Uh, he um, he didn't play many games, yeah. Um, so five games, but he only goals from those five games. And you know, I'm I'm just sick to death of our forwards not not kicking goals. Um, so I think we need to have a forward line where where everyone uh, hits the scoreboard. Um, but what did you think? Yeah, I mean, I just I. Yeah, st- structurally important, but yeah, he needs to do more on the scoreboard there in order for it to be effective. Well, that brings us to the end there of the play ratings. Been a bit of an epic there. Um, but look, let's just finish on a few questions for you. So I guess, you know, reflecting on what we've covered in the rankings, who do you think is under most pressure next year to, to lift their performance? Yeah, I think we've got some, some calls that uh, really do need to make their mark. So um, I'm talking about uh, Harry Jones, who will be 23. Uh, Zach Reed will be 22. Uh, so I, I think um, those, those two are guys that probably are under pressure. Uh, and and of course, it's you know it's it's largely been injury that's that stopped them you know realizing their potential. But I, I think that those two guys are under pressure. Yeah, I I, I can see that. I mean. Jones, they only gave Jones a one-year contract. I think that's really telling in terms of, you know, sending a message that he needs to, I guess the suggestion is there is that he's not professional enough with the way he's preparing and that's part of what's contributing to his injuries. Uh, so that's a bit of a message that he needs to shape up a bit there. And obviously we're just hoping that Zach Reed can can get a clear run at it there. Um, I think, you know, you're looking at players like Guelphy, um out of contract next year, might have it need to have a big year. Um, Jake Stringer's got a contract year. Is he going to play better because of that? Who knows? Um, yeah, players like that. I guess then also, what do you think are the biggest holes that you think we need to fill uh, on the list for next, um, you know, we're coming into the trade period. We've got some players that have been targeted, but what are the areas you think we most need to fill? Yeah, yeah, I think, uh, and, and you you may have touched on this, is is, is uh, half, bet, half back is a real... Uh, concern for, for me, you know, we, we recruited Lord because we thought he might be the next uh, Adam Sard and, and he wasn't. Uh, then we looked at McDonough. Uh, we, we thought he might be the best uh, left foot uh, kick since, uh, I don't know who, who, who I can compare him to, but uh, he, he was no good with uh, contested ball. And then we got Montgomery 
who's uh, a little bit of a different player to those two, but but he isn't the answer at uh, halfback because he's uh, obviously been delisted. So I think that's a, a problem area for us. The other problem area would be the keep position defenders. Uh, so we may get Mackay that that might uh, help significantly in that in that area. But you know we might need to get a a second uh, big for for the for our defensive area if if Reed doesn't come on. And you know, given his in- injury history, it's possible that he doesn't come on. So it might be a bit of a um, Melbourne situation where they they went out and got uh, Lever in in 2018, and then they went out and got um, May in in 2019. So so maybe that's the way we do it. We get Mackay this year as a free agent, and then we look for another uh, tall defender next year. Yeah, I do love me. I do love a good Melbourne comparison because I think that's a a fair description of, of the sort of change we need to make in terms of what they did I guess you know finally you know looking ahead before we, we don't have a full list yet and and we don't see how preseason plays out but I guess for you for you now what do you consider a pass mark in 2024 yeah I think uh you know we've got to give Brad a you know a bit of time uh Brad's got a bit of time so he, he came in and he, he didn't make a wholesale change we didn't make many changes at all actually so he sort of had to put up with whatever he had around him. So in the footy department, there weren't changes there. So he just went with um, the coaches um, that, that he had uh, there. Uh, he only brought in one of his own, which was was Ben Jacobs, I think. So, you know, he may want to bring in more of his own people this year. And, um, you know, you can't implement a game plan overnight, you know, especially with a, a sort of a younger squad. So I think... Uh, we'll see more improvements in, in that. It'll be more sort of uh, second nature to the players. So I think um, we will be better uh, in 2024, um, given that, that that Scott's going to have spent a bit more time there and, and, and probably got the right people around him and uh, have a, a better feel for, for the list and where players are best suited. So I would expect uh do, do you want uh, a ladder position Ian? yeah sure stake your claim really early let's and then we can think back and you know laugh or you know say you were well short hopefully well short yeah this is the earliest of early calls uh i would say probably uh eight is is a pass mark for for us and, and i think we're, we're capable of it of course you know we, we were we're fifth weren't we after um uh round 17 or something so it's not Totally improbable, but um, yeah, I'd say eighth. Yeah. What about you, Ian? Uh, I think the pass mark for me is not necessarily a ladder position. It's about just closing the gap between the best and the worst. I think if we are able to do that, uh, then I think it's a successful year. If you want to put a, a ladder position on it, um, you know, I think eight. If we if we close the gap between our best and the worst, I think we finish top eight. So I think I'll, I'll say eighth as well. I'll, I'll sit on the fence with you. <laughs> yeah, well, look. It's it's been an epic show tonight. Thanks so much for joining me tonight. Um, any final words from you, Rick? Yeah, I think uh, you know a lot of us are probably still feeling that disappointment for the way we, we finished the, the last two games, particularly were, were disappointing. But uh, I'll leave you with a with a quote that someone much wiser than me came up with, and and that is that things are never as good or bad as they seem. Very profound words to finish on, Rick. Thanks again so much for for taking the, your time out um, of your busy schedule to to join me. Um, 
uh, uh, there'll be a link to the tier creator with you tonight if you'd like to have a go at making your own rankings and then, yeah, share them with us on social media. We'd, we'd love to see what you guys think. Um, look, other than that, when Jono returns, uh, we'll be putting out our major season review uh, in the following weeks, probably around uh, just before grand final time and then obviously draft and trade period. Everyone loves to discuss uh, the outcomes of that. Uh, well, before then, though, stay safe, everyone, and go Dons. <laughs>